0: I downed the last of my chocolate, because it's a commandment, or should be, not to waste chocolate, and watched them leave. The combined heat of their cute and my hot chocolate surged through my body like the rising tide. I think my eyebrows were steaming. I was on my way to being my own weather system as the heat spread out, seeking those parts of my body encased in thermal and wool. I needed to remove some layers, but stripping in a church was the fast track to hell. I was all about the slow track. I headed for the door, but got cut off at the pass by Reverend Hilliard. I was dripping in sweat, and he looked like he couldn't sweat and never would. His blinding smile featured two rows of gleaming, reverential teeth. He looked like he'd been born with a clerical collar around his neck. I fought back a sudden urge to confess something. It wasn't a lack of material, you understand, but fear of bursting into flames. Didn't seem like a good plan to incinerate a man of God. I can't thank you enough for helping us out, Miss Stanley. I pray it didn't inconvenience you too much. He probably had prayed, so glad he was keeping God updated on my movements. It wasn't a problem. I'm glad to help out the kids. I didn't think he was actually interested in me, because I'd seen me in the mirror. But it didn't hurt, to be honest, just in case God was listening in. He smiled again, upping my guilt level by a factor of something times something else. I taught English, not math, before I quit to write roaches. I added, before he could pile on more guilt, I really have to be going. I have Rosemary's car, and she likes it home by ten. He looked at me like I'd kicked a puppy, but he forgave me because that's just the kind of preacher guy he was. I fled because that's the kind of girl I was. Outside, the cold air sizzled against my hot cheeks. Just prior to spontaneous combustion, I stripped off the jacket, hat, and gloves and tossed them into the back seat. I'd have taken off the thermals too, but I didn't want to get arrested in the church parking lot. I slid behind the wheel and started the motor. The heater blew cold. Before it could change its mind, I switched it to a cold vent and opened the sunroof, welcoming the combined rush of frigid air across my steaming face and neck. As I kicked it into gear, cold began a slow seep into the thermal-covered areas. Earlier, snow had mixed with rain. Clouds still obscured the stars, but the air was now dry and devoid of flakes. In the fitful light of the street lamps, the road gleamed slick and empty. I drove with caution, because it wasn't my car. Enjoying the feel of fresh air, sweet solitude, a rare commodity in our overstocked household, and a great car. Pleasantly tired and full of chocolate, I drove on autopilot, my thoughts drifting to my current romance novel with its impending love scene that I still didn't know how to write. Get a better imagination or a lover, Stan, my agent had advised, the one time I'd let her read a draft. Maybe I should get a new agent, I muttered. About then, I saw the stop sign and hit the brakes. Across the intersection, an unfamiliar street retreated into murk, lit only by the faint glow of the street lamps. Great. I'd taken a wrong turn again. I crossed the intersection, straining to read the signs. The one I managed to pick out was sort of familiar, but I couldn't place myself relative to home. To my right, several firecrackers went off, one right after the other. Then a man burst through the bay window of a house.